Before the show, a quick word from our sponsor. What is up, Bitcoiners? It's CK, and I'm here to talk to you about the Bitcoin 2021 conference this June in sunny Miami, Florida. It is going to be June 4th and 5th, and we are barreling towards a sold-out conference. Already one-third of our available tickets have been sold, and way more than half of our whale passes have been sold. We are almost sold out completely on the whale pass. We have amazing speakers, Jack Dorsey, Chamath, Nick Zabo, Tony Hawk, Peter Todd, many, many more, and many more to be announced. You can go to the website to check them all out. Mayor Suarez has welcomed us into the city with open arms. And again, tickets are flying off the shelves. Seriously, I see the feed and like I've done many conferences. This one is is really has some something going for it. And honestly, guys, like after all this, after 2020, Bitcoiners want to grab a beer, hang out. We're bringing back Bitcoin 2019 vibes times 10 prices times 10. Let's go. Use promo code SATOSHI, all caps, SATOSHI for 10% off. You can go to the website b.tc backslash conference. Again, that is b.tc backslash conference and get your ticket today. Today, prices also are going up and hey, we may just sell out. So we have a hard cap. Can't really be flexible there. Don't wait. Live from Utrecht, this is the fan William Shors Nado. Hello. Hey Shors. What's up? Are you running the BIP8 true independent client yet? Negative. I did not even know there was one. Yeah, one has been launched, started. I don't think it's actually a client yet. A project has started. Okay, a project has started. Not It's not a binary or a code that you can compile. No, not yet. But I did see you were reviewing the BIP8 code a little bit. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, pull request has a bunch of changes in it. A lot of them are totally not controversial. So I'm just working on it from top to bottom. Just code review. Code review. And I've also started my own pull request where I've taken a couple of commits from that just to split it up. Makes everybody's uh, review life, life easier. Right. If everybody's talking about law is true or law is false on a pull request, but there's a lot of nitty gritty stuff that you really don't want to screw up just because you're talking about one little thing that's good so that's all good and we'll see where that ends and i think you were working on something else as well and that's actually what this episode is going to be about but by the way if if there are independent clients just be sure to listen to our earlier episodes about open source and deterministic builds and all the things that can go wrong there and then do it right other project other thing the other thing you're working on oh yeah hardware wallet stuff yeah you're working on not just you but I think you're one of the core devs working on hardware wallet integration for Bitcoin Core. Is that correct? Yes, right. It's me. It's Andrew Chow, Instagips, as he likes to call himself on GitHub. Yeah, and you've made some good progress. There was a new merge this week. And we're basically going to discuss hardware integration in Bitcoin Core in a general sense in this episode, I think, right? Yep. So good. basically your top specialty, maybe. Definitely one of my favorite topics. Did you, you wanted to refer to some previous episodes where we discussed some of this stuff, I think? I mean, we talked in the first episode about hardware wallets, sort of the security things you need to worry about when it comes to change and et cetera. So that might be a nice refresher. 
apologies for the atrocious audio in the first episode. There was a literal tornado. <laughs> I think in episode seven, we uh, explained to Peter McCormack, but also to other listeners, what an XPUB is, which is quite relevant when it comes to hardware wallets, because an XPUB represents like a whole bunch of addresses. Mm-hmm. And hardware wallets like to communicate that. And then there was episode 21, which I don't know what it was about, but you should just listen to all of them. You put it in the show notes so it has some relevancy. That's right. Okay. Shorts, where are we with hardware wallet integration for Bitcoin Core? Let's just start from the top. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that needed to happen. And mainly that which has been done a while ago is to rewrite the entire wallet that Bitcoin Core comes with because it was atrocious. And that's mostly been done by Andrew Chow. I've done a lot of testing and reviewing for that. And what was the problem? What was so bad about it? Well, it was started by Satoshi and it just had pay to public key addresses in it. And then pay to public key hash, I guess, was added. And then there was other things added. And then SegWit was added. And it just became an unmaintainable mess. Hmm. So all that unmaintainable mess has been put in a box. And that box has been abstracted in a way that you can create another box that is the same has the same functionality, but the implementation can be rewritten from scratch. And so that's kind of what we did. We put the existing stuff in a box because we don't want to understand it anymore. And we created a new box to replace it with the same form. And that uses descriptors. And I, th- I guess we'll, we'll dedicate some other episode in explaining what uh, output descriptors are. But they're kind of a nice, elegant way to describe how to derive your addresses from, for example, from the seed. So we say, okay, take the seed and then take the first account and then here's an XPUB and then, you know, take these ad- address derivations and then I want you to make it a native SegWit address. You can express that in one string. And, and the new- reason that's nice, and that gets just to the hardware wallet part, is because a hardware wallet can then spit out that information. So a hardware wallet can tell you, okay, these are the addresses I have and then you just import it. And when your hardware wallet is disconnected, you can you know exactly which addresses the hardware wallet has, and you only need to connect when you want to sign something. So would the hardware wallet in that case spit out the XPOP? Is that why you mentioned XPOP just now? Yeah, well, actually, currently, indeed, it spits out XPOPs. Ideally, it would spit out these descriptors. So because a hardware wallet might not understand what Taproot is, or it might not understand even what SegWit is. And if it just gives you an XPUB, well, that XPUB doesn't really tell you anything. It just It's just a, a way to derive addresses, but it doesn't tell you what kind of things it can do. So you really want some some way for a hardware wallet to tell it what it's capable of. But for now, we've avoided having to think about that using a project called HWI. Yes, I've seen that a lot, HWI. What does it stand for? Hardware Wallet Integration. Nice. Or interface, I guess. Well, which one is it, George? I don't care. I think it's, interfa- <laughs> I think it's interface. Okay. So that is a Python library. And again, mostly by Andrew Chow. What he did is, because all these hardware wallets, like the Trezor and the Ledger and the KeepKey and the ColdCard, etc., they all have their own little Python libraries that you can find on GitHub because it's all open source. But they're all different. They all have different ways to display an address. They have different ways to get an XPUB. They have different ways to sign a transaction. So what he did is he combined all these drivers, stripped all the shit coins out of them, because some of them would do Ethereum things, and we don't want Ethereum code. I don't. And then basically put that all together in, in one little library and made it consistent. 
So as far as the user is concerned, you tell HWI, enumerate, and it will give you the list of all the connected hardware wallets using all these different drivers to find them. And if you say, get descriptors, then it will give you a list of descriptors that describe exactly what keys, what addresses the hardware wallet has. And it does all the magic of fetching XPUBs using whatever method is necessary. So could I describe HWI as sort of like a meta protocol that communicates with all of the different hardware wallet protocols, so to say? Yeah, I guess. Another way to say it is that HWI is a tool, but it has a way of communicating. You have a way of giving it commands, and that is a protocol, essentially. So somebody else could make a tool that is behaves the same as HWI, but is you know just for their own hardware wallet. So a hardware wallet manufacturer, you know, doesn't have to let people use HWI. They could make their own driver that just behaves the same way as HWI. And then Bitcoin Core, as we'll discuss next, will know how to talk to it. Right. And if someone brings a new hardware wallet to the market, which does its own thing again, then HWI will be updated potentially to be able to communicate with that as well. Yeah. So depending on the enthusiasm of the maintainers of HWI, they might go out and find that driver and included. If the enthusiasm is slightly less, then the manufacturer or a fan, a user, can go to, you know, can go to HWI, make a pull request and say, hey, here's the support for this new hardware wallet. And then recently there were some guidelines merged for that. So the hardware wallet has to be open source. At least the firmware that runs on it has to be open source, with the only exception being if there's a secure element in it that's under NDA, that's okay. And it has to be sort of what maintainable the software, but then yeah, anybody can can just make support, add support for any other hardware wallet to HWI. Right. But again, it's not necessary. You could also the hardware manufacturer could also make their own software that just speaks the same language as HWI. Right. And HWI was already merged into Bitcoin Core. So HWI is a separate program that's in the Bitcoin, not in the Bitcoin Core repository, but there is a GitHub, uh, there's a GitHub organization called Bitcoin Core, which has a bunch of repositories, and that includes HWI. So it's, you know, it's separate from Bitcoin Core because, you know, it's all this Python stuff and USB drivers. So I guess we don't want to put that in the Bitcoin source code because that's too scary with all the dependencies, but it is maintained by Bitcoin Core people. So, you know, it's a trust slightly less, or I don't know how to, how to put it. Okay, so HWI is a separate program, essentially, and it needs to yes. be installed separately if you exactly. want to use it. Exactly. You can download it separately, you install it separately, or you just put it somewhere. Right. It's not in the Bitcoin Core client that I'm running at home. No. Got it. Because that would, you know, in order for that to happen, first of all, it would probably have to be written in C++ or in Rust or something like that. And all the USB drivers would have to be inspected with a tooth comb, and that'll take forever. So yeah, it's something you install separately, and there is some risk, obviously, with just running that software. Right. But this is not new, is it? So That's right. HWI has been around for at least a year. Right. So what was merged this week, or am I getting ahead of the podcast? No, that's, that's exactly right. Okay, so what was merged last week? So before last week, if you wanted to use HWI with Bitcoin Core, you can do that, but you have to execute a bunch of commands manually so, for example, if you wanted to sign a transaction, you would tell Bitcoin Core, okay, I'd like to create a PSBT, 
So we explained PSVT in an earlier episode. Yeah, partially signed Bitcoin transactions. Exactly. So you tell Bitcoin Core, okay, give me a PSVT, a partially signed transaction. In this case, actually an unsigned transaction, probably, mm-hmm. uh, to the destination. And then you would copy paste the result and you'd say, okay, HWI, please sign this thing. And then HWI would do its thing. And then you get a result and you copy paste that back into Bitcoin Core and say, Bitcoin Core, please process this thing and send this thing. Ah, right. So you're running both programs, the Bitcoin Core program and the HWI program. And then you're manually basically sending data from yeah. copy pasting data from one to the other and as of using your reason, hard, using yeah. your hardware wallet on hwi getting some signature and then copy pasting it to bitcoin core and that's how it would work exactly and you're doing this all in the command line i i uh, assume yes, that's right. right and there was already some help with that because hwi also comes with a little graphical program where you can actually click buttons to make it do these things but you still be copy pasting back and forth at bitcoin core i love buttons yeah so do I. So what is new now is that Bitcoin Core now knows how to communicate with HWI. Still from the command line, but it still gets easier. Because now when you want to send coins, you just tell Bitcoin Core send, and then the destination and the amount. And it will know that it needs the hardware wallet. So it will say, hello, HWI, please do these things. And it will wait for the result, and it will process the result, and it will send the transaction. So you go from like, four back and forth with copy pasting to just send and it works. No more copy pasting. That's right. So only all you need to do is tell Bitcoin Core where HWI lives, so where on your computer you installed it, and then it will just call it for you. Right. So if you know how to work the command line, this is pretty big improvement, I guess. This is significantly less tedious, yes. Yeah. But I, you I, but I have you used still both the approaches, like with the manual back and forth and with this it's much easier. But you do still need to use the command line. Yeah, or the in Bitcoin Core you have this window, the debug console, mm. which is essentially a little command line. Right, right. So I is but that you cannot do it in the user interface, but you can actually yeah you can open this window console and then you can just type send la di da and it'll work. Right. So this was merged into Bitcoin Core, which will be released in I guess it will probably be Bitcoin Core twenty two. Yeah, Bitcoin Core twenty two should be out in I don't know fall. Might it also come into a minor release? I guess that might depend on Taproot activation stuff. This or... is not the kind of stuff that would be backported. No, so it's definitely going to be a major release. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Because in order for things to backport, it has to be simple enough, you know, or like a really critical bug fix. But usually the only things that are backported are bug fixes and soft forks, but not uh, entire new features. Got it. Okay, so this will be in the upcoming Bitcoin Core 22 release. Yeah, or if you compile uh, the master branch yourself. Sure. The step after that, I would assume, would be GUI support? GUI support? That's right. Yeah, because still, you know, having to type commands is kind of annoying. So I have a pull request open that builds on top of this, and it adds a couple of things. It adds something to the settings screen. So there is a settings screen in Bitcoin Core, and there you tell it where HWI lives. So you don't have to give that to the command line. You just copy-paste that file directory. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to the menu to create a wallet, if you have this HDWI path correctly and you have a hardware wallet into inside your computer and it's like unlocked, if you create a new wallet, it'll detect it. So it'll say, oh, would you like to use this ledger X or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then you click next and it will automatically pull the keys from the device 
and your wallet will just look like any other wallet. But if you click on it, the it address, will pull the public keys to be clear, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The public keys. It pull, pulls the public keys from the device, and your wallet will work just as any other wallet. You can click on receive address. You'll see an address. And then the other feature is that if you click on a receive address, so in Bitcoin Core, you click on get me a new address, then it kind of makes a little mini address book and you mm -hmm. can right click on that, I believe, and then click on verify. That's a new button. And the verify button, again, if the device is plugged in, will automatically show the address on the hardware wallet. Right. So yep. You can check that mm -hmm. it's real. Yep. And then the, the third thing that's added is you can now just send Bitcoin as you would in Bitcoin Core. Just click on send and type the destination, set the fee at yeah. And when you hit send, if the device is plugged in, it'll show up on the device and you click on approve and it just sends it. Now, the it, downside it, is that if, if anything does not go exactly right, as I just described it, you're, it will probably crash. Right. So it's still work in progress. Would it work with all of Bitcoin Core's current futures? So that would be, for example, be RBF, I guess, and I sent to it, uh, many or whatever it's called, batching, these kinds of things. Well, the, if, if in the mm -hmm. graphical interface you can send a transaction, you can send it to like 10 different recipients if you want to, mm -hmm. that'll work. Uh, I believe RBF I have not implemented because internally that does a few other things. I don't know, you can try. Uh, but it would be trivial to add that as a, as a follow-up. Right. But I try to keep these pull requests as minimum as possible. So these are like three features that I think are really at least good enough. Are, are, sorry, are these things possible now? Or are we With just the, talking about this GUI? Is the, this or? is the, yeah, the GUI pull request. Right now you can do the, all these things with the command line. Right. But they'll, be, they'll work in the GUI, which is very nice because especially coin selection. So in the command line, typing send an address and an amount, that's not too bad. Yeah, other good uh, example, right? Coin yeah. selection. But the the coin selection is only practical in the GUI, so you can actually like decide which coins to spend. And having coin selection with hardware wallets is very nice. Yeah, I agree. So it so does it does work, but it only works if if it doesn't crash. So that just <laughs> needs more review, and it requires me to fix things and maybe make it asynchronous, so the screen doesn't block while the hardware wallet is doing something. Yeah, this will probably not be ready before Bitcoin Core twenty two or I don't know. I'm bullish. I think it's, you think it's, it might it's possible, be? yeah. Nice. It depends on the review because I have a couple of things that I want to improve about it, but I tend to get more motivated when people start screaming at me in the reviews. Mm-hmm. So I can scream at you in the reviews. I won't say anything useful, but I can scream at you. Well, you do have to actually test it, right? Don't just come in from Twitter and comment on it. But like if you actually run the code and something goes wrong, then I'll try to help or fix the bug. I'll consider that as well. I could consider that. Uh, what about um, multisig? Using that's like one of the yeah. So everything I described safest. so far is single sig. Yeah. So so for example, if you'd want to use free hardware wallets and then two out of three stuff like that. Well, Is eventually, that I'd like to see something similar to how Electrum, you know, just lets you make a pie chart. Yes, exactly. None of that is there yet, not even in the command line. It is possible. I think I once made an experimental pull request that did do multi-sig at least from the command line. But there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to get all the single-sig stuff merged. Then we'll move on to multi-sig. So Bitcoin Core multi-sig with hardware wallets will be a while. That said, well, there's another way to do it. There's another way. That's great. Let's hear it. This project is called Spectre. Spectre wallets, yes. Which is very cool. Spectre is also a hardware wallet, but in this case, what we're talking about is the Spectre desktop software 
another Python project. There's a device, a Spectre device? Yeah, it's very cool. I should have brought it with me. But um, it's a do-it-yourself hardware wallet. So you can actually order the components from any manufacturer that sort of makes these uh, Arduino-like or smartphone-like things. And you take a QR scanner and you solder it, solder it on it. Uh, this is by, by Stefan Sneekreff. Mm-hmm. He's been working on that. He's also been working, I believe, on support for actual secure elements so that you can buy your own secure element from like a manufacturer that makes a lot of these general purpose secure elements. So they might not even know that you're using it for Bitcoin purposes, which is very nice supply chain wise. Right. And you don't have to trust them. Yeah, it's very cool. Basically, you so can that, do a lot of stuff with it. But that's the device. We were actually going to talk about the wallet, I guess, the software. Right. Because, because I guess in order for them to develop that device, they wanted to use that inside a multi-sig setup. And so they, they spent a lot of time building a multi-sig system. And that is called the Spectre Desktop. What it does is, again, it's a program you download and it opens on your computer. And then it says, hey, where's Bitcoin Core? Or hopefully it finds it. Mm-hmm. And then if it finds Bitcoin Core, it says, okay, well, Bitcoin Core is synced. It's got all the blocks. Do you have any devices you'd like to configure? And then you say, okay, yeah, I have a Ledger wallet and I have a Trezor wallet and uh, whatever. You add those devices one by one by just plugging it in. And under the hood, that uses HWI. Spectre uses HWI as well. right? Yeah, it just comes bundled with it. Mm Mm-hmm. So it knows how to detect them. It knows how to add them. So you need to install HWI as well. No, I think Spectre does has. has oh, oh, it includes it. Yeah. Right. Got it. Yeah. So that's the trade-off, right? So in Bitcoin Core, we don't just want to add HWI, but in Spectre, they do. Got it. And then, basically, you add devices, and then you say, "Okay, I'd like to configure a wallet." And the terminology is a bit confusing. That's why I use the word device mm-hmm. or the device because the device is also a wallet. But yep. We create a wallet and you say, okay, I want to combine the Trezor and the Ledger and I want a two of two. Sure. Or one of two. And then it says, okay, I'm going to create a wallet now. And it creates that wallet in Bitcoin Core. So that means that Spectre does not have to maintain like all the code necessary to create a whole wallet from scratch because that's a lot of work. It lets Bitcoin Core do that. It also means it can let Bitcoin Core do all the coin selection magic. And this uses the GUI of Bitcoin Core? No, it's, it creates its own GUI, which is basically just a little web server on your own computer, kind of like how a modem looks if you log in, log into the admin panel. Right. So it uses Bitcoin Core as a backend, yeah. but you're actually looking at Spectre, which also includes HWI. Yeah, that's right. And I guess one scenario where this might be nice is if you run Bitcoin mm. Core, not on your computer, but on a Raspberry Pi somewhere which might not have a screen, or at least you don't want to use the screen. And you could imagine remote connecting to your Raspberry Pi with Bitcoin Core running on it. And you're not worried because your keys are not on Bitcoin Core. It's just the the read-only stuff is on Bitcoin Core. So your Raspberry Pi in your living room with no security is, is not really a threat, but it is a full node. And yeah, so you can use it that way. Yeah, so that's one way... It looks pretty slick. It's very easy to use, in my experience, once you get it running. So that's one way to use a hardware wallet in combination with Bitcoin Core already, including Including multi-sig solutions. Yeah, especially the latter. I guess, you know, soon TM, you'll be able to use Bitcoin Core with single-sig, and then I would say the fewer moving parts you have, the better. So nothing against Spectre, but if you don't need it, then don't run additional code. Yeah. But for multi-sig, it's great. And to get that kind of UI, especially in Bitcoin Core, yeah, it's going to take a while. 
Yeah, there are a couple of other solutions like this. You already mentioned Electrum, which you could, of course, also run in combination with your personal Electrum server, in which case you're also using full node security. Yeah, although I'd have to see... I don't know if Electrum personal server also has support for multi-sig, but in theory, that could be added. Yeah, uh, there's, there's something called a Lily wallet. I don't know if that uses full node security. I've never used it. It looks very slick. I've seen that. Okay. But that also allows for hardware wallet multi-sig setup stuff. I think, but I could be wrong. I think that's SPV light client type of wallet okay. though. I'm not, I don't know. I think there's also one called Caravan. Caravan, yep, I've heard of that. I don't know much about Caravan. I know I know it does something similar. Yeah, that's what I heard too. And then there is, I guess, Casa. I don't know right. how they do it. So yeah, there, there's all sorts of ways. I, I imagine in the future, this is going to get better and better. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we have... Very well, it's s- getting better already, clearly. Yeah. Well, we talked about very simple multi-sig setups, but imagine a scenario where we have not just Taproot. Yeah, we have Taproot. And then we have Miniscript, which we talked about in an earlier episode, which allows you to make far more complicated setups. So now you can imagine instead of a two or three setting where you have two hardware wallets, one you keep in a vault somewhere, one you keep wherever you are. And then the third key, quote unquote, is not actually a single key. It's not a single device. It is some sort of bank, some sort of bank that helps you. And they internally use some extremely complicated setup, which you don't have to understand. From your point of view, it just looks like one signature. Yeah. In reality, it's very complicated. And it can all be communicated through Miniscript. And then you do something like Spectre. So you and your site can make sure everything works. And only when you need the bank, then you need to ask them for a signature. But other than that, it all just works from your end. Even though they have some super complicated rule set that for you is just a third party and you don't care. So the, the, I'm very bullish on the future, but this is going to take a while. Well, sure. Thanks for the update. This is where we are with hardware wallet integration in Bitcoin Core now and soon, TM. That's right. Anything else? I think that's it for me. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the Van Weerdem Shores NATO. There you go. 